1: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit Voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
0: You know the combination. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich, and joining me today is the co-host of the excellent New Japan podcast, The Super J-Cast also available on the vow podcast network it's Damon McDonald Damon welcome
1: thank you very much I am I couldn't be more thrilled this is one of my favorite shows this is a must, must listen for me as it uh, kind of covers both areas of of passions of mine so uh since I was a little boy so uh both <laughs> the pro wrestling and the music so uh I, I thought first of all I hate you for stealing the not stealing the idea but at least you know having the idea and and, and making it happen because it's an awesome idea and uh like I said it's a must listen for me I'm super excited and uh yeah I'm I'm, I'm really thrilled yeah well well first of all it wasn't my idea it was Chris's idea he was
0: the ah, one who had the the original right. tweet about the idea of the show I just I just tagged along but uh in any event I I do appreciate the kind words and yeah I I have you on here because you are not only a, a big wrestling fan, but you're also a, a big music fan as well. So it's it's the best of both worlds with you, uh, Damon.
1: It really is. Um, like I said, it, I don't think there's a day that goes by that music is not on, right? And <laughs> um, and and when those opportunities are, unfortunately arise where I can't have music in the background, um, it's not a good day usually. <laughs> it really turns to shit. So for me, it's... Um, I don't know it's just one of those things that like i don't know i really think it's it is something chemical that what music can do to a person um and it could put you in a great mood it could set you and remind you of smells and and people and and places and it's just like an instant it's an isn't to me it's almost like an instant time machine um to recollect people that are no longer here and um just and good times and sad times and yeah so it's always been a real important and i kind of identified myself with music too like you know you kind of growing me growing up anyway i kind of latched on to music and and kind of wore that on my sleeve my allegiances so uh yeah i'm it's it's that's where music damon came from right that's really where it came from Um <laughs> yeah. uh, is that you know wearing it on, our, on my sleeve and and being proud of what i listen to and proud of what i like and not afraid to uh to talk music with others and question their tastes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same way as you. Um, I didn't get into music really until when I was in my teens already. I, it's funny, I was more of a stand-up comedy guy hmm. before I got into music. Really, I got into music, you know, mid-teens or so, and I was always a fan of stand-up comedy since I was, you know, you know ten years old or something like that. So it was a few years of stand-up before music, but as you said wearing allegiances on my sleeve whether it was you know george carlin or rush you know it, it didn't matter i was a fan and I, I just loved to just listen and lose myself in their works um now if i have you pegged correctly uh damon you're you're a brit pop man right is that your that your go-to style of music basically
1: yeah it is um so that early late 80s early 90s like i grew up on you know as a kid, I grew up, well, I mean, the first band that I really had any real passion for was, truth be told, was Kiss, mm. right? um, I was just a massive fan. To me, it was everything awesome in life as a, you know, a seven, eight, nine-year-old boy. Um, I mean, you had these larger-than-life characters. I mean, it was it was the closest thing to pro wrestling and music. Um, and again, lyrics aside, because they are some of the worst lyrics <laughs> yeah, in the well, history yeah. of music. I, I to this day I will laugh at them um, because they are absolutely hokey. But th- underneath all the nonsense, there's I, I think there are tunes to be had. Mm. Um, I, I think they're just simple pop songs um, that 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 are hokey as hell. So that was probably the first, and then because um, that was the first album I ever remember buying was Kiss Alive 2. And then like from there, I grew up – my sister had a huge influence on a lot of the music that I listened to, even to this day. Um, And she was very much into uh, the new wave scene. So um, your Adam and the Ants, your early U2s. She was a massive Duran Duran fan. And that kind of carried over to me. I I became a massive Duran Duran fan. Like I was I was yeah, yeah, but you know what though, growing up at that time in a real white trash town, (laughs) it didn't go over too well, right? So, you know, you get labeled as, you know, every possible thing you could possibly, (laughs) right? So, you know. But, you know, I had my allegiance and I knew that I liked them and I thought they were they were everything that a band should be to me. Like they had the magic and they had the swagger and they had the looks and they had the tunes. Um So that was where it started. And then from there, it kind of gradually went to, um, you know, the the kind of the shoegazy bands. You mm-hmm. know, your my bloody valentines and, and Jesus and Mary chain and some of the some of the darker side of new wave (laughs) um and then you know and then it was you know it kind of just a natural progression was you know the the stone roses stuff the Mm -hmm. manchester stuff the charlatans and then that grew into you know the blurs the oasis the suede's the the um um elastica's and of the world that, that that just they you know at that time it was grunge you know, everybody was like, either you're into metal, and then that the natural transition was okay, grunge, and so everybody's listening to Alice in Chains, and everybody's listening to Nirvana, and I'm sitting here looking at Suede like, oh my god, these are the, this is the the greatest band in the world because they had that pomp and they had that, um, you know, a, a cross between the Smiths, what I, that I love, and um, David Bowie that I love, so mm-hmm. and and a little Duran and a little. You know there's so many influences that i love that it was just like this this band was there and i remember them on the tonight show with jay Lano. and that was the first time that i saw them and i was just like and it's you on youtube and to this day i watched this video of them doing uh animal nitrate and uh yeah just move the fuck away and it blows me away to this day
0: yeah i know a lot of the brit pop stuff like oasis and blur but a lot of that you know shoegazy Manchester scene wasn't really my cup of tea or, or still isn't i guess uh, i'm more of a a traditional rock kind of guy a new wave kind of guy metal but i'm not really into that sort of section of, of rock music really
1: it's it's you know it's not for everyone right um i have i have friends that might not necessarily get into that you know but i like the metal too you know i have this soft spot for hair metal you know um rack right. And, and I just saw Poison like three weekends ago, right? <laughs> uh, I swear. Um, and they're great because underneath all the nonsense are great pop songs to me and and, and hooky as hell. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, if I have a guilty pleasure, it's you know, it's that it's the poisons of the world and the, the rats of the world and the uh britney foxes of the oh, world man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that's i mean like i like i don't i don't admit that to many people but yeah i mean i definitely like mm-hmm. that that 80s genre of metal because again i think underneath the surface they're just great tunes and mm-hmm. um they bring back memories and yeah it's good stuff
0: yeah i saw uh, iron maiden last year speaking of 80s metal um and then actually it's funny on sunday uh, as of this recording, on Sunday, I'll be seeing the Foo Fighters at Fenway
1: Park. No, no that's that's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, seriously. That, yeah, a venue like that and a band like that who have it down pat. You know, they have the arena rock experience down. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be great. And here's the thing, too, with the Foo Fighters. like I'll, Like, they're not one of those bands that I'm going to go rush out and listen to their n- newest song, right? But I could probably... If you play, if we did music on the uh, mat and it's Foo Fighters, and you played seven songs, I guarantee I'd be like, ah, oh, that's a fucking good song. Oh, that's a good song. That's a good song. And like again, I'm not like digging, you know, through the Foo Fighters catalog and 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 putting on a Spotify playlist, but um, yeah, I mean, again, so many good songs that you know you, you can't you can't dismiss them. I think they're really good. And again, they had the, they have the arena rock um thing down pat. Mm-hmm. They're, they're pros at this point.
0: Yeah. And actually, speaking of Britpop, in a way, in October I'll be seeing Gorillas live mm. in Boston. And I saw them last year when they came to Boston for the Humans Tour, but I, I love them so much that I'm going to see them again this year on the, on the Now Now Tour. Um, and then in, in December I'm seeing another concert. Uh, do you know do you know the band Ghost, by any chance?
1: Uh, I know Holy Ghost. I don't know Ghost. No. Ghost
0: are an awesome, awesome Swedish metal band they're like a satanic kiss <laughs> except extremely melodic Ooh. and like poppy-ish in a way okay but they're also pretty
1: uh, metal too so I'll check that out I mean I'm', I'm I could do that they're absolutely awesome.
0: yeah they're awesome um,
1: yeah I like so obviously I'm a massive blur fan um you know having someone with the same namesake is pretty nice <laughs> um and and truth be told you know he is a musical hero of mine so Um, you know, their first album leisure or leisure, depending upon where you are located, um, Mm -hmm. is, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of looked down upon, but uh, there's so many great songs on that. And then park, well, modern life is rubbish is great. And, and park life are just, you know, that's, 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 that's the big one. That's the big one. Um, and every song on there, like, this is a low is one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, and you know, a true highlight was seeing them during the Olympics at Hyde Park. They closed. Um, they had a massive concert. that closed the Olympics, and that was an absolute lifetime highlight. Gorillas is not really my cup of tea, and and I, listen, I appreciate the fact that look, he's not selling out arenas here in the states as Blur. That just, it just ain't fucking happening, right? And I and I resigned to that fact. Um, but Gorillas can fill out arenas. I mean, they're playing big stadiums on this tour, and I will probably buy a ticket just so i can be there to see him wave and then go like the last time he he was in philadelphia he played at penn's landing and it was outside it was like last summer and i stayed for half a show it's just not my thing i just i try i just can't get into it that's fine uh, and but i see him and it's kind of like seeing a relative or a friend that you haven't <laughs> seen in years and it's like all right good good on you you're you know it's paying for the house it's paying for the kids uh you know, it's paying bills more than Blur ever did, so uh, <laughs> I'm happy for him. I'm listening, I'm, I'm excited, yeah. but um, uh, yeah, it's funny, pretty good.
0: Yeah, funny story actually. Uh, at the concert last year, I went to. Uh, it was in between songs, and he was you know, uh, you know, chit chatting with the audience and saying, you know, the last time that uh, we were here in Boston was oh I don't know like seven years ago or so, and uh, someone was uh, in the audience just shouting, Blur! What about Blur? You were here with Blur. And Dim just goes, Not Blur, gorillas, you idiot <laughs> If you if you if you came here to see Blur, I'm sorry, we're not playing any of those songs. That was just a figment of the nineties. Please go to the exit and get your money back.
1: Did he say that?
0: Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, yeah, oh. and then the the kicker was the kicker was the band starts doing behind them, they start doing song two nah. and David's and like stop that stop that enough of that all right come on That's come me. on hey, he he laughed it off it was all in good funny laughed it off but it was it was a very funny moment
1: I I've seen I know every time Blur is, is even close to being around me I'm there um, last time I saw him was at Madison Square Garden they played um, which was great and I saw him solo in New York um, when he had his solo album. And I actually got to meet him and I actually got my picture taken with him. Um, and then right above me, as I'm doing this very show, I'm looking at the signed autograph Q magazine with him on the cover um, nice. uh, framed above me. So, um, yeah, that was a that was definitely a lifetime highlight as well. So, yeah, listen, here's what's great about music is that, again, Gorillas connects with you. Blur connects with me, but there's a common denominator. And mm-hmm. that's that, to me. That's awesome. I love that.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, we could sit here all day and talk (laughs) about music, but we have some particular music to get to. This is episode 38, and today, Damon, we are doing a New Japan Grab Bag. I figure since we're in G1 season again, it's as good a time as any to pick just a bunch of theme songs from New Japan Pro Wrestling and talk about them. I love it. Because there are a lot of excellent theme songs in New Japan and they should be discussed by professionals like ourselves <laughs> and the way this is going to work is that we will talk about 10 theme songs from New Japan and we split them into two categories uh, section one will be six songs and those songs are done by Inosuke Kitamura who is New Japan's main composer and section two will be four songs and those are themes done by outside artists and every song on this list is a contemporary New Japan theme song as well. No, no classics, all current stuff. So, Damon, before we begin, I will ask you a few questions here. Do you listen to New Japan themes in your spare time? Uh, and if so, how many songs do you have in your collection? And how often do you listen to those songs on your own?
1: I do. I actually... I do. Um, and there are a few. So, um... One of my favorites, uh, and again, if we just take a grab bag of them, um, one of those is Ricky Choshu's theme, it, which is pure '80s goldness, right? It's it's synths and um, a, a, almost uh, gloom and doomy synths with a you know a very Depeche Modey, early Depeche Mode, uh, early Erasure sounding, hmm. um, which I love. I listen to um, Hiroshi Hase's the uh that's the theme to the to the super J cast and when yeah, we transition yeah. yeah yeah when we transitioned from the pure cast to super J cast you know we we had the daunting task of having new theme music and you know one of those songs was actually one of the songs that we were going to talk about here today i won't spill the beans early Ooh, uh it was, it was going same. to be one of these songs um one of these songs that we'll talk about Uh, maybe you'll recognize from a from a past show right um and uh the the current theme for the super J cast is is hase's theme and it's so over the top with this seductive sax
0: that i love it so much it's a great
1: song it's a great song i can't lie it really is great and and i loved it and i wanted and really when joel heard it he was like that's 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 the theme mate that's it um, so, so we had that, um, but yeah, to answer your question, I have a, I have a lot. Um, I have countless, um, the only problem is, is that it's hard to incorporate with my Spotify. I know that you can import things and stuff like that, but I listen to Spotify a lot. So, um, I'll tell you a fun fact. Um, not only themes, but when I went to G1, uh, like two summers ago, they would play this Daughtry song I think it was a hit, pretty big hit for them really but it was, yeah they would play it right before and you knew it because they would raise the volume like three quarters of the way through the song um and I, I can't remember the fucking song there are a the few
0: uh let me look it up here hang on what did he but had? they
1: played that song if you can find it um it, it I've heard it on the radio before so it, it's it not over it's
0: uh, not over that one no, not that one. There and back again. No, what I want. No, feels like tonight. Feels like tonight. Feels like tonight. That one. Yes,
1: that one. There we go. And All they right. would raise that it. like three quarters of the way through. Another right? good song. Yeah, yeah. And and the crowd would get hyped, and then they would go into the their their you know nineteen seventy two Emerson Lake and Palmer theme. You know mm-hmm. that they play throughout the years, and now everybody's pumped. So I have that in, on a playlist just. It, gets, it just reminds me of that. And I, I'll never listen to a Daughtry album, but that <laughs> song, I, I'm all in on. So to answer your question, yes, I have many. I listen to it frequently. Um, and again, I have little things and little songs that remind me of wrestling. Um, and that's one of them.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it should be no surprise that I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, I, I do listen to a lot of New Japan themes in my spare time quite a bit because a lot of New Japan themes are just really – Catchy and fun to listen to on their own, which is the mark of any good theme, really. Um, actually, when I go food shopping, I bring my 10-year-old iPod classic Ooh, with me. Okay. And usually I just listen to uh, regular music. But sometimes I'll put on Naito's theme or Hiromu's theme or even Ishii's theme, which we'll get to later on, because uh, you know, going food shopping can get a bit boring. But if I'm listening to Nakamura's old theme or the old Prince Devitt theme, then it perks me yeah. up a bit. And it's funny. Sometimes I have to restrain myself from getting too excited and looking like a weirdo in Stop and Shop because I'm just I'm getting into the songs too much. And if I don't like stop myself, then I'm going to be, you know, strutting down the aisles Listening to the Gorillas of Destiny theme, Gorilla Tactics, wall Warfare, Your Week Came to
1: But ba- Oh, Checkmix, Hey, Look at That, <laughs> <laughs> Aim to Kill. It,
0: it, it's tough, Damon. I I can't lie.
1: I can see you were like in the bank, you know, yeah, it's just yeah. the <laughs> hit and rainmaker poses with a deposit slip in your yeah. hand. It'd be great, <laughs> nice, good. I do the same. You know, those mundane tasks become a little bit more exciting when, uh, again, uh, Okada's theme comes on, or uh, you know, ligers or whomever. You know, so. Again, it's, it's, it's music is a wonderful thing that can take you uh, out of bad places mentally and uh, take you to good places. So that's a, that's awesome. Yeah. Good for you.
0: All right, Damon, are you ready to discuss some New Japan theme songs?
1: Absolutely. Super psyched. Let's do All it. All
0: right. Like I said, the first section is dedicated to a selection of Yonosuke Kitamura's compositions. And we'll kick things off here with the time splitter, Kushida. Five time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, a two time IWGP Junior Tag Champion, a two time Best of the Super Juniors Tournament winner, and noted Marty McFly enthusiast. His theme is called Kushida Makes You Rock. We start off with that nice opening drum solo, a very upbeat start for a very upbeat song. A good way to get the crowd to clap along, too. Actually in Kushida's entrance video, when the song starts, we see him clapping along to the song, which is, is pretty cute, and from the drums we go into this rockin' guitar and horns mix. It's all energetic and bombastic you can tell it's building to something as we go along here. And what it's building to is that awesome guitar riff which sounds very heroic and triumphant and babyface-ish. This is a very babyface-sounding song in general. And considering Kushida is a tremendous babyface wrestler, it all works. And not just a babyface. Oftentimes, he's been the baby face of the new japan junior division uh the the, the ace hero of the scene damon
1: yeah i i'm in full agreement i i took notes i i was i tried to be as good i'm gonna try to be as good as joel was um and i'll i I don't think i'll come close but i did do some homework and what i did was i i just listened to the song and just wrote things how i felt about the song and 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 what you know kind of chemically is going on you know and um and kind of like what 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 you know it comes to mind and it, you're right right out of the gate are those heavy and and they're kind of oddly mic'd snare and kick drums just you know and it's and it's quick and it seems like it's like double time just that that that, that rattle um that's going on booming pace um and you're and you're right it fits him like a glove because that's his style um and then the guitar part kicks in and you know the, the one thing i i do is i compare it to actual bands and actual music and, and 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 maybe what inspired the the song being written and the, and the first thing that comes to mind is muse the band muse like i, I hear muse in this like especially when the guitar kicks in um, and the way that the guitar is uh the effects that are in the guitar it's it's a it's a, a little distorted um but it's front and center um, and again, I, I, I think like this could be a B side to an early news song or something. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's my, my favorite current theme, to be honest. Um, it, and this was going to be, um, the theme to the super J cast. We were going to, u- I was going to use this and, and pitch it to Joel, but I pitched Hiroshi Hase's first and, and we went with that. Um, like, and then I wrote like cool parts of the song like parts where it's just like oh that's a really great thing <laughs> that they did and there's this little synthy part
0: yes. um in the
1: middle yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: and it's very and again that reminds me of certain it reminds me of nick rhodes of duran duran and and like save a prayer again it's not you know but it's that yes that whatever yeah 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 whatever that thing of a job, job is on <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a synth that makes yeah. that wobbly sound but you kind of get that in this and that takes me right to that like i think ah oh, fucking nick rose save a prayer um which is odd in a kushita <laughs> but <laughs> um I, I this is a five star theme for me i think it's perfect for the wrestler it fits them perfectly the tune is great it gets you stomping it gets you moving you know what you're getting um yeah this is a five star theme for me i love it
0: yeah, yeah. Um I, what I like about this song is that it it takes us on a journey of sorts. It's not just the heroic guitars all the way through. There is that middle section like you said the do with the wacky keyboard beep boops. And then afterwards the guitar kicks back in. I like that because it gives the song a bit of dynamism mm-hmm. and also suggests that you know Kushida hasn't always been the the big hero every step of the way. He's had periods of his career where things have gone a bit a bit wacky, a bit synthy, you might say, yeah. and he's had to chase that junior belt back. But when that main melody kicks back in, it's sort of saying that Kushida always manages to find his way back on the right path, the path of the triumphant hero. Or at the very least, if he doesn't win the title back, he'll at least have that mentality with him. He won't become cynical or jaded. He'll always be that hopeful, baby babyface guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... Man, that's that's pretty deep, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> and you're rich. That's pretty fucking. That's um, what I do. Um, and then again, just to close it out, the, the, here's the thing too with New Japan themes. Is, is it? Who's the? Is it him? Is, is it, is it, is it, you said it was Kitamura, was it? Kitamura, um, yeah. It Kitamura. Name? I have. Um, I don't know if he's
0: doing all the parts, but I, that's who he is. Because I don't have the CDs physically. I don't. I don't have the liner notes or anything like
1: that. So. I mean, the guitar just... playing is unbelievable. in some it's of great, these things. yeah. And, and the end, like it's like whammy bar central, right? And <laughs> hammer ons and the pull offs and like there, there is some legit guitar playing going on. Here, yeah. Um. Especially at the end with that solo. So yeah, like I said, Andrew, man, this, 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 this is one of my favorites. Um, I'm glad we're starting off with this because, uh, it always puts me in a good mood and it's my go-to theme. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. That, that last 90 seconds of the song, it, it really amplifies that baby face tone to the max mm-hmm. where the melody keeps going up an octave after every verse, yeah, you yeah. might say, <laughs> and the guitars ramp up in intensity and there's that epic guitar solo. And the last 20 seconds of the song, is just like showstopper running that, and da. It's like the song is not only amplifying the music, it's amplifying Kushida's babyface spirit as well. Now he's like more heroic than ever before. And in my mind, this song is so exhilarating, so appealing, that it doesn't come off as saccharine or, or bubbly or, or cutesy. It's honestly endearing, which is who Kushida is too. He I think he's a very endearing wrestler in a lot of ways, Damon.
1: Yeah. No, I think you nailed that one. I mean, that's it's 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 power piston pumping music mm. i i just i just did three p's there pretty good right yeah. i'm a professional <laughs> yeah. broadcaster <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's again I, I hate to beat the dead horse it's it's a five-star theme for me and mm. and i think w- when they made this they they had those things in mind that you mentioned um so yeah i could listen to this one all day long no doubt uh yeah. my, m- one of my favorites
0: yeah love Kushida. love his theme And, uh, yeah, great wrestler, great theme, definitely. We'll go from one junior to another. Uh, This guy is currently one half of the IWGP junior tag team champions, a member of suzuki Goon, and a real bad apple, Damon. Or, I guess I should call him Una Manzana Mala. Huh? Mm. A little Spanish there for you, Damon? Not bad. Yeah, twelve years of Spanish there for you. What? Uh, This is the rogue luchador El Desperado, and his theme is called Aguja de Abeja. We'll start with an obvious point of analysis here and talk about the origins of El Desperado. Um, Kiyosuke Mikami was a New Japan young lion back in the day, who went on excursion to Mexico for a few years, and when he came back at Wrestle Kingdom 8 to challenge Kota Ibushi for the junior title, he had a new gimmick as El Desperado, and it was based on the Robert Rodriguez film, Desperado. So he had a black and white color palette with the black suit and the white mask. He had the guitar case, Mexican background, the the name El Desperado. And that all ties into El Desperado's music perfectly. It's this Spanish flamenco style song composed primarily with the acoustic guitar. And I do like how it's not just the acoustic guitar. It's There's also a hybrid factor as well here with this song. You've got this kind of programmed percussion bits and also a few keyboard notes as well. That every once in a while there, which represents the hybrid nature of El Desperado, because in storyline, he is Mexican, but he also has a Japanese father. So again, it all ties into the music there, Damon. You stole
1: my notes, I think. Oh, sorry. <laughs> because that's that's. I mean, I'll read exactly what I have, and, and I quote: um, Spanish guitars. Open it up. Uh, very traditional sounding guitars, right? Um, but then a dancey beat underneath, mm-hmm. and yeah. those little tiny synths, and they it, it, yeah, and man. it just it, it like accentuates the end of each. And again, I'm not a or like a trained music guy but i think it's at the end of each measure i'll say um but you'll hear it you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. um and then the thing to cap that off though is underneath there are, and they're they're there you gotta listen for them they're there these little subtle casio-esque hand claps that are in there um yes that that are so again 1980s casio push a <laughs> button hand clap thing but yeah, yeah. um yeah they're in there but yeah, there it, it is. It is a, a bit of a a hybrid of, again, and it's and it's subtle in there, and it's and it's not front and center. Again, those guitars kind of take you by the hand, but underneath there, there is a little bit of this little beat, this dancey beat, and again, that those synths and that those little Casio hand claps are the things that stuck out for me. Absolutely,
0: mm. yeah. To me, there's like an exotic mystique to this song. Because you don't normally hear this type of song in a New Japan setting. Mm. Most New Japan themes are rock or electronic-based, or a combination of the two. This song, it feels like an outlier. It's not like any other song in the company. And honestly, I feel the same way about Desperado as well. Because he he has this dangerous, exotic air about him with the devilish-looking masks and the face paint the Mexican background, the finishing moves with the Spanish names, he does feel, in a way, like his nickname, the Rogue Luchador. He feels like a guy who, like, skipped town in Mexico and went to Japan, and now he's working for Suzuki as this, like, lucha enforcer. And I think Despi having this this Latin-based theme song, it helps sell that mystique.
1: Yeah, um you know it it you you did mention it is a unique and i and i'm trying to think of anybody that would even be not necessarily in that genre but like just again su- such a theme that's so outside of the norm cuz you're right a lot of this is guitar based and rock based and let's get the people moving and um you know even some hip hop elements right to some of these themes too but yeah this one really stands out on its own um as a very specific Genre specific to a guy who is everything that you kind of mentioned is 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 very unique to the promotion itself Um, and given his background. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. I didn't I didn't Google this. I didn't look, so I don't know the answer. So you could completely bullshit me for I fucking know. The what 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 is it? Obviously Spanish Uh, aguja de abeja. And I know
0: what you're going to ask me. Yeah, what does it mean? Bee stinger. What is it? Bee Stinger. Bee Stinger? B Stinger, yep. Well, te- uh, technically, literally, it, it's Needle of Bee. Wow. But Stinger is the, is the appropriate name for it. So. Wow. Which I suppose plays into the whole, the whole danger factor as well, because bees can be pretty nasty creatures.
1: Yeah. It's like the New Japan version of A Man Called Sting. Oh, hey. Uh, thanks, everyone.
0: Yeah. Uh, what also helps sell the mystique as well, I think, is that I think this song, it could work for both a baby face and a heel, I think. Mm. Uh, Unlike Kushida's theme, you can't really put this song in a definitive, neat little box here. Because the song is, it's animated enough, and the guitar, it it could give off vibes of like a sexy Latin lover type of, of personality. So it could make for a good face theme. But again, there's also that hint of danger in there. I think It's not as overt as other songs are, but again, it's that feeling of exoticism and the mystery of this Mexican outsider, El Desperado, coming in with this foreign-sounding theme. So it, it works both ways, I think. And also, Despi, he has used this theme as a face and a heel. Because when right. he, when he came back at Wrestle Kingdom 8, he came back as a face. And then later on in the year, he did turn heel and join... Suzuki-gun, and he's been a heel ever since. So, he's primarily used this song as a heel, but I think he could use it as a face,
1: too. Yeah, I mean, listen, I can certainly relate with the Latin lover, right? That, <laughs> that's, I that mean, I could... <laughs> what? <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> um, let me ask you this, though. Uh, is this a song that that's going on uh, Andrew Rich's iPod while he's, uh, you know, buying beef stew? Uh, listen, man, it's not
0: a top choice, but... If I'm scrolling down that playlist, then I'll, I'll put on a little Guha de Abeja. I'll do a little little marimba shaking, you know, you ever know, down the uh, down the old
1: rice aisle, you know, it could happen. <laughs> we've, all, we've all been there. Yeah. The right that's, that's a sexy aisle. Huh? Yeah. Let's be honest here. You know, they got they got the roni they got yeah, you know, they got a lot of got the, you know, they got the noodle packs. Nothing, nothing sexier the jasmine than the rice. You know? Oh, now you're yeah. talking. Listen, you're exotic. Sexy jasmine rice. I'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> this this is going off the rails. Um yeah, yeah, it's not one of my favorites. I mean, I don't think I'm it's one of like if it's on, I don't know if I'm hitting fast forward. I don't know if I'm hitting skip. Um, but I mean I can't say that I'm going out of my way for the despite song, right? Um mm-hmm. a little outside of my box, but but it's good. I think it fits him. And I think, yeah, it, it is unique and dynamic and um can can be worked both ways. It does add a little bit of, of uh mysticism to him. So uh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I gave it you know, if I'm if I'm rating him, if we're going if we're going snowflakes, uh this is a three-star for me. Three star.
0: Up next is a member of Chaos, and up until a few weeks ago, this man was the IWGP US champion. Some people call him a knife pervert, but he prefers to be known as Switchblade, J. White, and his theme song is called Switchblade. So, this is, I think, one of the more auspicious intros to a song in New Japan nowadays. It's a subdued intro, and we're used to subdued intros in New Japan with Goto's theme and Suzuki's theme, of course. But the intro in this song is not like those other songs. Uh, Goto's intro, the Kazeninare intro, those are meant to establish. An atmosphere of a warrior, a samurai, a a, a battle. These men are serious fighters who are about to engage in serious warfare. The atmosphere that this intro creates is just plain unsettling. The distorted voices, the scraping of the blade against, you know, little metal, the piano notes, the heavy breathing, which ties into the whole breathe with the switchblade motto. It's just plain creepy and unnerving, and it's an intro that isn't really conducive to getting people on their feet or to elicit a giant reaction from the crowd, but I think that's the whole point. We're not supposed to go rah-rah for the Switchblade because he himself is unsettling and unsociable and doesn't give a shit if you cheer for him or not. It's. I think it's a perfect intro for the Switchblade theme and the Switchblade
1: character, Damon. Absolutely, you nailed it. And and again, I think you stole my notes because, you know, it's the beginning of this song that really hooks me, and it hooks me for um, a lot of the reasons that you said. Um, and the one thing that stands out to me is is that kind of feedbacky radio vinyl voice thing going on in the background
0: yeah yeah
1: and 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 again i i unfortunately i do this a lot it's it's i think of things that like may have where have i heard something like that before and so this might be a stretch but stay with me kids all right um so uh back in the day duran had a couple spinoff bands right one of them being the power station Mm -hmm. Uh, bang a gun get it on something like it hot and then the other one being arcadia which i loved right and they were very roxy music ish right and their hit song from that album which i really think is so underrated really great um is election day and that's that was kind of like a radio hit people you you, it it was a hit um and that's my that's my favorite simon LeBond, let it be known that's my favorite one dark haired simon um and the beginning of election day has that kind of Jarbly radio y, it sounds like almost like German, just you know, feedback y radio thing. And that's the first thing I hear when I hear Jay White theme, right? So I think instantly Arcadia and that atmosphere of Arcadia being moody and gray and mean and restless <laughs> because that's, those are lyrics of the song. I like that, right? Which fits Jay White to a T, right? Yeah. And then you hear the blade, right? And that orchestra, the big orchestral swirly mix mash and truth be told, I have notes and I, I will take a picture. I'll send it to you. No, no bullshit. Chaos is what I have written down. Yeah. Chaos. I,
0: it's, it's, we hear that big... <laughs> Of the Switchblade and these high-pitched... These aren't friendly strings. These are frenetic, high-pitched, just crazy strings that kick in. Very horror movie-esque in a way. Mm -hmm. And again, it playing up the unhinged factor of the Switchblade. He isn't safe. He isn't easy to digest. He is exactly what those crazy strings are meant to evoke. He is dangerous. He's manic. He is, like you said, chaotic. He'll turn on you at a moment's notice. Remember, when he joined Chaos, he told Okada, "Listen, I'll join your group because I need backup for the Bull Club to fight them. But when the time is right, I'm gonna turn on you." Yeah. So it, it's a very fitting choice to have the main melody of the song be this frantic orchestration.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what I have. Um, that that middle part, and again, the the, the, the adjective that, that I used, and and there's so many. And it's really weird as I'm writing it, like there's so many like knife, I don't I don't want to say puns, but knife type descriptions. So I have the bassy stabby synths is what I wrote. Stabby mm. synths. <laughs> and then it, the song kind of turns into this stabbing westward song. Right. Ah. <laughs> right? Um, and then there's like in the song. Like, I tried playing it back a few times, and I can't really make out exactly what they're saying.
0: Me neither. But
1: it, but it sounds like he's they're saying in 1964. Like, And I'm like, well, I, I don't know what the significance of that is. Maybe I'm mishearing it. But it sounds like somebody is saying in 1964, and then it tails off into something else, and I can't pick up on it. And it drove me nuts. And maybe that was intentional. Yeah,
0: so, it's this – that middle section, it's, it's this grimy industrial metal mm-hmm. mixed in and that just further emphasizes the heelish nature of the character. He's not clean cut, he's not you know friendly, not a nice guy. He is underhanded and grimy and he will take advantage of the situation. We've seen him time and time again low blow guys. We've seen him hit guys with chairs. We've seen him, you know, bump the ref on purpose to win a match and take advantage of the situation. He's an asshole. Yeah. That he's a, he's an unhinged grimy fucking asshole. So, this song, it, it suits this version of Jay White so well. And it also it, it helps differentiate this era of Jay White from the clean cut, nice guy, young lion era Jay White. And also the babyface excursion Jay White as well, when he was in ROH and, and wherever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is, you know, again, it, it's, it's. Uh, 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 I don't want to say an anthem. That's that's probably a a bad word. But you know the it, the images that I see, like like this is an opening to a Marvel movie for me, right? <laughs> uh, like the montage of you know comic book clip and maybe you know, you know credits and shit like that. Like I see that when I hear this, um, it's it's that kind of uh, like bombasticness, but not you know not like it's you know you know I don't know. Exodus. Right? Yeah. Trying to think of like a like a big metal band. Yeah. um You know, it's 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 sweeping and it's and it's and it and it's um, lush and it's rich, but at the same time grimy and and spooky and um, it does evoke that feeling of ah fuck some shit is going to go down. Yeah. Right? As opposed to you know some some you know new metal nineties indie. You know, loud guitar. Some mm-hmm. shit's going to go down. This is creepy. Shit's going to go down. Underhanded shit's going to go down. Sneaky shit's going to go down. Um, and it and it fits it. You know, the way that he's working this gimmick, it fits him like a glove right now. Yeah, it's not.
0: Oh yeah, it's. Oh no, right. Like bad things are about to happen.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Little little mind games. You know. My. You know. You know. Again, I don't think we're overanalyzing it in the sense of. Yeah, he, the music is delivering the character the character's intent. Um and mm-hmm. that's and that and it, like I said it fits him like a glove and he's playing it to a T. Yeah.
0: I want to bring up the entrance video for this. Mm. Have you seen the entrance video for this Damon? I have, yeah, yeah. Uh it's it's funny. I think you know when when Jay came back from excursion as switchblade, I think myself and a lot of people looked at it as Ah, uh, it's a bit too cartoonish, maybe a bit too goofy, I think, here. And the entrance video, uh, it's it's a bit cringy to watch, I think, a little bit, because we, you know, we see Jay futzing around with the switchblade, and he's making these faces that are supposed to be, you know, psychotic-looking, but they're a bit silly, I think. Mm. He's in this giant room with all the red strings of fate in it, and he's, he's cutting the strings and maniacally laughing. He sits in a big leather chair, and he's, you know, he's stabbing a book like a crazy man. It is very goofy and over-the-top. But, again, that, that video was filmed around the beginnings of the character when he came back. And I think nowadays, you know, six months later or so, we see that Jay has tweaked the gimmick. And he, he's come to his own, really. It's, it's not as goofy, maniacal, laughing, you know, villain... He's more so the, the unhinged, selfish asshole, which yeah. I think is a much better take on the character.
1: I, I do, too. And and again, I think this is an evolution. It, he's going to grow and make it his own, and I, I think that's an important thing. Um, you know, uh, uh, on the on the last Super J-Cast, uh, uh, the big analogy that I had was, was Naito. You know, it took a while for people to kind of warm up to that a little bit. Me, probably being the last one on that train, of— what the, what is this? He's stalling. He's like Larry Zabisco. What the what is he doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like, I, like he's stalling. Why are he stalling? Why are we taking off like why is he wearing a full suit to the right, ring? <laughs> right, right. And I just, you know, I just couldn't wrap my head around it because uh, you know, what I was watching before that was Stardust Genius Ninto, right? Mm-hmm. And and it was such a 180, right? And it, and and Jay White is doing the same thing where it's like, okay, you know, it at first. It, it's kind of like you're going through stages of 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 grief right you know at first it's what the fuck is this right and then it's all right i can see i can see where this is going and i'm not a fan and then it's all ah, right that's kind of cool and then it's you know it gradually gets to all right i'm all in i'm mm-hmm. all in with the gimmick and and eventually i'm sure that'll happen with me as well
0: Okay, uh, let's move on to our next wrestler. And not only is this man a member of the Bullet Club, but he's OGBC. He's one of the founders of the group that started back in 2013 with the real rock and roller, Prince Devitt, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, the bad boy, Tama Tonga, whoever the fuck he is, still out there, kicking the shit out of someone, Tanahashi, Taguchi, Nakanishi, Captain Folkin New Japan, get the fuck out of here. It's the underboss. Bad luck fale, a former IWGP Intercontinental Champion, and his theme is also called the Underboss. The Underboss. (laughs) with Batluck Folly. If you've watched his matches or you've seen him, you know, make his entrance or you've seen him you know, do a press conference or whatever, you would probably categorize him as a cool monster because he's not like some animalistic creature like Takashi Izuka. You know, he, he's not known for theatrical displays of power like Braun Strowman. He isn't supernatural like Kane. He's just a cool motherfucker who walks to the ring with a steady gait with sunglasses and a hat, but at the same time, he's still a monster. He still has the size and strength advantage over pretty much everyone on the roster. He's still booked strongly in the G1 every year. There is even a period of time where his finishing move, the bad luck fall, would just end a match. Not even a pinfall. The ref would just call it off, be a KO. And Valle, he exists in both of these worlds, as does his entrance theme. It's primarily this techno, you know, electronic club song with these, you know, computerized beats, you know, you would hear it in a nightclub. But the song, it also has a lot of heft to it. It's got a booming bass, some, you know, heavy brass notes, bram, Bum, bum, bum. It's not some you know light, fluffy, electronic you know dance song. There's some meat on the bone here, which again represents the, the dual existence of Bad Luck falle as this cool monster, Damon.
1: Yeah, cool and collected, right? Um, the the one I, I was talking with somebody and and I forget who exactly I was making this comment to, but I made a comment that you know he reminds me of a modern day big Bubba Rogers, right? Nice. Uh, just, you know, silent, but <laughs> sorry, sorry to say silent, but deadly. <laughs> 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 um, but 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 you get my point. And, yeah, yeah. and, and you know, he's, he's a mountain of a man, but uh, doesn't have a lot to say. And that, I think that's projected in this song. Um, not one of my favorite ones, right not one of not one of my go-to's um in fact it's probably lower on the scale if I'm given stars I'm given a two and a half uh there's a lot of backward tracking was it the backward looping in this song it feels I think like backward masking
0: I think is what it's is called. is that what it's called yeah I th-
1: I'm not an expert so maybe yeah. right but that editing you know audio editing yeah thing. yeah
0: yeah right, yeah
1: yeah right right it sounds like you know right like a manual taping rewound almost um that sound that it would make i I hear that a lot um. You know, it, it, he uh, it's again, I, I, it's I don't want to knock the song, but it's not like one of my favorites. Um, The the one thing that kind of gets under my skin with that is the the guy who breaks into, for lack of a better term, the yodel. Right. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, that part, I'm yeah. not into that. I'm not feeling that it, re- it reminds me of like a male version of. Uh, what was the the woman from the Cranberries, Dolores O? Oh, Dolores O'Riordan, <laughs> right, yeah. doing zombie but... or something, right? Um, <laughs> it. I rest I, in I, peace, rest in peace. To yeah, Dolores. yeah, yeah. You know what? That was my best friend's favorite band. Well, one of one of them, anyway. But yeah, mm. I, was, yeah I was. That's that's that is uh And you know what it is? <laughs> I, I, here we go on a, on a Cranberries rant. <laughs> so um never thought that would happen, but um, she would it was pretty notorious for canceling concerts all the time. And my friend would all, every time they came, you know, they would, he would get the tickets and this guy must've like, you know, been shut out at least four times. Like I, like he's like, she's his Morrissey. Right. So when I go mm-hmm. here, I'm yeah. like, I'll never buy a ticket to go see Morrissey. Not because I don't love him, because you got a, an 80% chance of not seeing the yeah. show. So I, I always get tickets the day of, um, because <laughs> because you you're gonna wind up turning them in and that was uh unfortunately Dolores' uh bit of trouble she had a lot of um medical issues that were a problem but anywho um that's what this that's what that part reminds me of um look you know so you, you're gonna you're gonna win some you're gonna lose some um <laughs> this one's not that one's not on the damon playlist
0: yeah it's a bit out of place I think compared to the other you know the EDM stuff. Uh, the, the techno stuff, yeah. You know, I was thinking about this. It's, you know, you, you look at Folly at, at face value, and it may seem a bit odd that he's this giant monster coming out to this, you know, uh, techno song. But if you hearken back to the beginning of the Bullet Club, there was more of an electro influence with their music. Yeah. Because the first Bullet Club theme, Last Chance Saloon, that was an electro song. Uh, Prince Devitt's theme, Real Rock and Rolla, was an EDM song, so finally having a techno song here lines up contextually with the early days of the Bullet Club. I think.
1: Yeah, and it's a modern feel, right? It's definitely yeah. a a modern take. Now, you know, truth be told, if, if if you put a gun to my head and said, "Okay, you got to listen to a Bullet Club theme," I'm I'm digging the the G O D, right? Because to mm-hmm, me, that yeah. feels very tricky. That feels very uh, Massive Attack, right? Um, that kind of just subtle and sleek and, um, and dirty and, and, and it's, you know, two o'clock in the morning and we're going to go pick up some drug kind of music, (laughs) you know what I mean? mean, Like that, like that's, it's, it's sneaky nonsense is what's happening. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, it's not my favorite. If I'm going to take a, a Bullet Club-esque theme, it's it's going to be that G-O-D, Massive Attack, tricky sound. Um, this one is yeah, two stars. Sorry. Mm-hmm.
0: There is one last part of the song I want to bring up here, and that is the stinger at the very beginning. Mm. And let me tell you something there, Damon. There was a period of time in my life where I was kind of obsessed with that stinger and the way that it's pronounced. Because he doesn't say the underboss. He says the underboss. <laughs> the underboss. And for some reason, it just stuck with me. I-, I found it just so interesting that he says it like that. And at one point, I just became so like fascinated with it that I would just randomly say it out loud to myself when I was alone. In my room or whatever, the under, uh, uh, it's like a weird OCD thing. Wow! It, it didn't last long, but it, even to this day, I do still have this odd fascination with the way the stinger is said because it's it's very
1: weird. I think. Yeah, no, no, I, I actually have that written down in quotes, and I have it spelled D E under U N D A boss. In quotes. That's what I have in my notes. Um, I have
0: I have uh, O N D E R B A U S. <laughs> okay, right, right. bows. Like, like,
1: why do you think why why do you have a fascination with that? Why do you think that is? I don't. It's
0: just a, one of those things that you listen to a part of a song, any song really, and it, a part just sticks with you. Mm-hmm. I think this is the part of the song, for That's some cool. reason. I don't. I, I can't explain it. It's, it's chemical like you
1: said it's it's chemical it is chemical that's pretty awesome though like that yeah. sticks out the most that's funny all right cool all right uh where are we going next this is fun I'm having a, all
0: I'm right yeah go. so the uh the next theme is another Suzuki goon theme and this is actually for a tag team the tag team of American psycho Lance Archer and the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith jr killer elite squad three-time iwgp tag team champion And a fun fact about KES is that they are Poland Springs' favorite tag team. Because boy, does Lance Archer love to buy those water bottles and just spray them around. (laughs) Can't get enough of them. Uh, So their theme is named after their finishing move, and it's called Killer Bomb. that Fale's song has a cool factor to it but it's also got some weight to it as well. This song does not give a single shit about being cool or being in the club. This song is all about weight and power and density and brute force. The opening bass riff is so heavy and pounds in your ear, it sounds like something that is just stomping on the ground, and it's coming right for you. The rest of the song is these like, low-toned guitars, and again, some grimy keyboards. It's really an unpleasant sounding song, and I don't mean like it's a bad song, I mean it just sounds mean and nasty. And that's exactly who the killer elite squad are. They are mean and nasty, just two big hoss bastards who throw their weight around and beat people up and are just jerks to everybody else. I mean, for a, for a, for a team whose motto is "everybody dies," you need a song that means business, and this one means business. It, it suits yeah. them so well,
1: Damon. And, and you know, I like to think that how these themes are made and i could just be you know projecting my own wishes and, and and i don't know if fantasies is the right word but you know i would think that they would have like a video monitor and they would have they'd be watching kes matches as they think of the the, the theme i know that's not the case because how could they be watching the matches and would already have the theme more than likely, but <laughs> you get my point. Uh, like they're scoring a movie or something uh, because yeah, the, the 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 song to me feels like it fits their style of straight ahead, nonstop. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say plotting, but you know, you look at a KES match and there's more time outside the ring brawling and fighting and, 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 and spitting <laughs> um then then there is inside the ring it seems like so yeah I, I you know i have notes like like it reminds me of of like an early 90s kind of band that you would see in like a like a metal-y rock festival right um mm. you know they, they probably have like a real um, pointy font, <laughs> right? Or like, like the <laughs> horrory font uh, yeah. to, to their band logo. Um, and there's not a, and here's another thing too. There is no hook on this song, right? There's nothing that's there to draw you in to be like, ah, here's, here's the, the as you described it, the toe tapper or you know the clap along. Mm-hmm. It's we're, straight ahead, crunchy guitars, crunchy bass, heavy crunchy bass. And that's really mm. their wrestling style. That's what it feels like to me.
0: Yeah, it, it's no nonsense. It really has like a biker mentality mm. to me as well. Like like the grittiness of it all just gives off like this, this evil biker gang that just fuck shit up everywhere they go. The malicious attitude, the violence, uh, the denim, <laughs> the bandanas. Again, mm. you know, Wrestle Kingdom 8, KES came out for their match with Archer on a motorcycle and Davey in the sidecar so uh you know it 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 does just have this like no nonsense fuck shit up presentation to it and that goes hand in hand with the presentation of kes
1: yeah like what kind of notes do you think they gave them for the theme you know like what like like it, it, again it's sometimes i'm more interested in how they get there than them getting there right so like is there a meeting with kes and like here's how we kind of think of this theme and you know or you know like how does that work what does that process look like is it just hey i have a song that's grunt you know grimy and grungy and 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 crunchy this might suit you or do they say hey here's what i want and here's who we are and here's what i think our music should represent like i'm dying to know that part
0: yeah I, i don't know um, I know Jim Johnston was very much, you know, give me the character, give me the looks or whatever, and I'll make the theme. Sometimes there'd be input sometimes, but mainly he was, you know, just on his own making the songs.
1: I don't know if that's the same with Kitamura. Yeah. You know what? I, I, you know what? Let's, let's tweet Lance Archer. <laughs> <laughs> let's ask him because here's the thing. Like I, again, I, I'm, I, sometimes I think, you know, it's, it's, they show up at the arena and it's like, okay, this is your music. Hope you like it. Bye. Here, There's a curtain. Um, or you know if they have any input in it and 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 they're able to kind of make it their own. Now I'm sure like the Switchblade and uh, theme and um, e- obviously even El Desperados. I'm sure there was a, a lot of conversation of you know who this person is and and what they are and what I wanted to sound like. But you know in a in a in a in a case like Kes, you know I I just don't you know. I, and I could be dead wrong, but I just don't see them sitting in a room being like, <laughs> Yeah, there should yeah, we should throw in the sample here. You know, it should be more drums. <laughs> no, you know no. I just don't see that, right? Yeah. No, no. Uh
0: as is true with the switchblade theme, uh there are lyrics in this song that are very hard to make out. I did my best to decipher them. And I wrote them down here, Damon. Uh I think the lyrics are this. Cueing up the beat to the sound of the drum roll, put it in a pot, make it sizzle like gumbo, throw it on the ground every day till the sun go, rollin' up beats like a knockout combo. Get <laughs> god, get single women when the mic turns on, the best <laughs> the best come together to just throw bombs. The monsters of concert just don't saw, not even in the street who the fuck want war. Again, that, that's obviously not the words. I did my best. But that, that does bring to light an issue, I think, with a lot of New Japan themes, where if there are vocals, they are buried too deep in the mix sometimes, or they're processed too much that I can't understand them. And unfortunately, unlike a Jim Johnston or a CFOs or a Dale Oliver, you can't find lyrics to Kitamura theme songs online easily. You have to do some digging to find them, or for most of them, you have to transcribe them yourself. And with a podcast like this, it can get pretty frustrating there, Damon.
1: (laughs) Sure, I bet. I think it's, you know, I don't even think, well, I think it's intentional, obviously, that the the mix of the vocals are so low and they're kind of in there. And it's almost used like an instrument right i don't even think they they know what they're saying you know sometimes right they're just sounding words that maybe sound cool and you know it's it's almost treated like it's a you know like a a layered guitar or a synth and it's more of the melody as opposed to you know here are the words to the song and and some deep meaning behind it but Mm -hmm. like you know not like Tai Chi or something like that. yeah
0: The uh, final Kitamura theme that we'll get to here is for the current IWGP US Heavyweight Champion, the flamboyant Juice Robinson, and his theme song is called Moonchild. So much of what I said about Kushida's theme could also be applied to this theme, I think. It's high energy, it's upbeat, it gets the crowd pumped up. When the song starts, that the percussion beats are the perfect tempo to get the audience to clap along to the song. It's got a punchy, driving rhythm to it, and it's just a fantastic face theme that always puts a smile on my face. Um, obviously, it's a, a different genre of music, but it's still one that fits Juice quite a bit because it's like a neo-psychedelic dance song. And if you look at Juice with the dreadlocks and the energy and the colorful outfits, it's great for him. Even before he was known as the flamboyant Juice Robinson, he was always, you know, peppy and colorful.
1: Yeah. You know, you you talked earlier about how like an El Desperado and, and their theme music is fitting, and yet it's, a, it's very different from just about anybody else's. I kind of feel maybe not as extreme when it comes to uh, a different feel, but it does have an absolutely different feel. It's it's you know it's a baby face theme, right? Uh, and you're right, it does have this kind of clubby beat and 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 tempo. Um, it's a it's a it's a club song. I can I can see the. Uh, you know, the glow sticks from here. Right. (laughs) Um, it's a clap along. It's, it's a, you know, a heavy drum, a heavy, a heavy, um, it's, it's not hard. You're not going to, you're not going to dig through this to to miss the beat of this, right? This is something to get you moving, get you up baby face theme. Um, and, but again, it doesn't rely on, on, you know, that, that guitar riff, Right? It's not really a guitar riffy sound that's front and center. It's lighter. It's it's bouncier um than just about any other theme. And it, you know, once again, it's fitting. It's fitting for juice. I don't think it I don't think it's uh I don't think it's like a glove like Jay White, but it's you know, it's fitting for juice. And and he he couldn't come out to a rock and roll song. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just wouldn't fit. Like this is the kind of thing where you know, when you think of juice, you're thinking of ah, oh, the guy that's going to pick you up, you know, at 11 o'clock and let's go drinking and go to the you know, let's <laughs> have a good time and have some laughs and go, let's go get the girls and blah blah blah. Um, that's to me, that's that's a juice and 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 the, the the theme song kind of fits that mold for me,
0: yeah, yeah. Like juice, the song is constantly up, it's constantly effervescent, it's it's bouncy, colorful, neo psychedelia all the way through, and that is representative of Juice and his personality. He always comes out for a match with jubilation and enthusiasm. And when he wrestles, he's always screaming at the top of his lungs, Come on, baby! You know, he doesn't have a medium setting. And even when he loses a big title match or whatever, he still shows up for the next one with a big smile on his face and high energy and and gumption, just like this song which is good because it would be a little weird if it came out all mopey and depressed to this fun happy song. <laughs> you need to be eternally optimistic and energetic with a song like this, which thankfully Juice is.
1: Yeah. Uh, um you know when when I I truly believe that there is a rhyme and a reason not only for like theme songs but main events aside where people are placed on a show based off of not necessarily their theme song, but you know, on any pro wrestling card and any good wrestling card, you wanna you know, you wanna give the 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 viewer and, and the audience member a ride. Um ups and downs. And this is, you know, where juice is placed in a card I kind of I don't know. I, I kind of feel like like he's that spark that you need maybe after uh, um Uh, I don't want to say a depressing moment or a sad moment or, or a, or a moment that has your head scratching. Right. He's one of those to kind of snap you back into. All right, let's go. Let's have fun. And, and let's, let's, let's get the party going. Mm -hmm. Um, And even with the match. So, yeah, I think, I don't think there's any mistake in, in, in having, like like this wasn't a mistake. This wasn't like something that was happenstance. Like this was a planned out thing for juice for the character that he is. and, um, I I have this, you know. I know we we haven't been throwing around the stars for recent ones, but I'm gonna like in you know, on something here. I got this one at four. This one is this is something that I would listen to just in general. Like like if this was in a mix, this could fit in a mix perfectly for me. I, I'm down with it. Yeah, this is legit one of my favorite New Japan themes. Actually.
0: Yeah, I, I love this song so much, and I think it, it coincides with the fact that I love Juice so much. I I think these past few years. I've really grown to juice as a wrestler and as a character and just as a human being. And I think that, I mean, just a few years ago, I couldn't give two shits about CJ Parker in NXT. But now, seeing him grow as a wrestler and as a performer, seeing him build a fan base with the Japanese audience and the New Japan fan base, he's become one of my favorite guys, honestly. And I think part of that has to do with this song. I think this song has helped me become more attached to Juice in a lot of ways because it's so fun and, and so peppy and so exciting and so good. I want to, I want to hear it. I want to hear, I want to see Juice come up for a match. I want to watch Juice Russell, partly because of this song.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. I, I certainly can do, uh, you know. And and I think a lot of the themes that we're talking about here today can do that for you. Yeah. Um. And 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 again, a lot of it has to do with the fact that. You know, we're all we've all been along for the ride for the with juice. You know, we've gone through the what is this? Oh, it's him. Oh, well, and the well, if he's going to be a young lion, then then go all the way in juice and shave it all off and black <laughs> tights and um, you know, and then the the slow burn and the slow build and yeah, you know, we've all been along for the ride. So you know, it's going to be weird. And you, uh, but here's the thing: it's going to be weird we know it's going to happen. That theme's going to change oh, no. as he grows. No. Right? Yeah. As he grows, that theme is going to change eventually. Right. Um, And that's going to be sad because it's going to be one of those, you know, it's going to be a defining moment when it does change. Right. Because then you're going to be like, ah, he's a big time player. Now I'll say this. If it doesn't change, you know where juice is right with, with the company. Mm. But if it, if it changes, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's going to be growth, and uh, I kind of look forward to it. It's going to be sad to see it go, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, all good things, Joe. Uh, Joe, all good <laughs> things. Da- sorry about that.
0: All good things, Damon. All all good things, I guess.
1: No Joel. worries, Colin. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. If I
0: can if I can bring up entrance videos once again, there is a a lovely bit of production work here where during the intro bit where it builds up to the main section and that ba 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 and then the other ba ba bam percussion every time the percussion hits you see in the video juice land a punch so it's punch, punch 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 and then when it goes dance dance beat beat juice in the video does a little dance with his yeah. hips and then Bam! Another punch right as the main section starts. I love that little bit of like audio video production work there.
1: No, it's good and it's subliminal almost, right? The the punch, punch, punt and shake, shake. You know, yeah. you listen. I defy anybody to not tap your toes to this yeah. theme, right? It's impossible, right? You know, here's here's what I would do. You know, if I were like a a, a psychiatrist or a, you know a mental health professional. I would just put people in a room, make them comfortable, take off your shoes, lie on the couch, and just play this for an hour. You're going to be in a good mood. (laughs) You're going to feel good about yourself, right? Yeah. You know? I I got it all figured out.
0: All right. Dr. Damon. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we'll move on now to the second section, which is themes done by other artists. The first one is by a Japanese musician named Tomayasu Hotei. And he's actually very popular in Japan. Uh, he's claimed to have sold over 40 million records. Outside of Japan, he's best known for his song uh, called Battle Without Honor or Humanity. This song, uh, this is for the unchained King Kong, Togi Makabe, and he uses a cover of the classic Led Zeppelin tune, Immigrant Song. little bit of info here about Toki Makabe. Uh, The presentation of Makabe, the whole kit and caboodle, is heavily influenced by the late Bruiser Brody. Uh, Brody, a heavy influence on the brawling style of wrestling. Uh, He was known for his wild, violent matches all over the world, including Japan. And when Makabe was being elevated as a heavyweight wrestler in New Japan, In the mid-2000s, he incorporated a lot of the elements of Brody's character into his own. Uh, The brawler style, the hyper-aggressive personality, the chain he carries to the ring, Uh, the nickname Unchained King Kong is a reference to uh, Brody's old name, King Kong Brody. The King Kong Knee Drop, which is Makabe's finishing move, that was Brody's old finisher. And last but not least, this song. Uh, Immigrant Song, the original version by Led Zeppelin, was Brody's theme in Japan. So, Makabe having a more recent cover of Immigrant Song, in electronic rock pseudo-techno version, in a way, of this song, is just another way of showing how Makabe has modeled himself as the Japanese Brody of today. He's a bit more cooperative than Brody was, that's for sure, and he, he doesn't have as many chances nowadays to really showcase that style in a big-time scenario as he used to. He's, he's usually just in a multi-man tag, besides the G1, of course, but the Brody influence does shine through.
1: Yeah, I mean, he Brody was an influence on, on a ton of people. Um, he was one of my favorites. I mean, back in the day when uh, we were trading the, the videotapes, you know, he was a guy that you went out of your way to see what his stuff, you know, his stuff in the eighties with uh Hansen, right? Tag team and snooker, Uh the World Tag League championships are all Japan. Uh those tournaments are always great. Um Yeah. And he did did have Brody did come out to this song, not this version, but this song, this Zeppelin song, but even then it was modified. So it was like almost like a heavy whiny saxophone of some kind um, that was used for that. It was, you know, so it was a little bit modified. It wasn't the the actual Led Zeppelin uh, Jimmy Page version. Um, So, you know, when I'm, you know, I got the list of songs from from you, Andrew, when we talked about doing this show, and this was one of them. And this was the first time that I heard this song in quite a while, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, no, but that's cool though, because here's the thing. You know, a lot of people they don't know this song as Togi Makabe's, right? <laughs> they because it's edited out. Like when yeah. he comes to the ring, you know, it's you know the, the you know the this version is blocked due to copyrights, yeah. and. I mean, it's not a million people that would say it, but there are people that would be like, "Ah, that's the Purecast song." Well, he comes out that. <laughs> no, it's just the other way around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was the, that's really the first time I've heard that since you know the the, the Purecast, and um, it's 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 a you know it, it when we when we decide to, to do a theme, Colin and myself, um, I don't really even know if there was much discussion in it in the sense of we needed something and I didn't really, I didn't really, not that I didn't care, but I was just kind of like, you know, it didn't really matter to me at that time because, um, I mean, truth be told, I really didn't think we would be doing it for as long as we did. Right. So something like that, I wasn't going to hang my hat on and whatever, whatever you want. Right. But it really became synonymous with that show. And, um, you know, you know, hearing it in Japan, you know, and just you know, hmm. and having people bust my balls about it and all. But but it's it 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 is. And and I am not gonna lie, it brought me back to a certain time and 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 certain with the shows and certain memories of that and all. And you know, listen, um, all good things, don't get me wrong, but that the, the, that's the first thing I think of. Um hearing that that opening synth up that you know, that is like mm-hmm. You know, that reminds me of, you know, I, I, truth be told, I, it reminds me of Colin counting down for him to start the opening of the show because he always started. I never opened the show. He always opened the show. Um, and that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of sitting at my desk in my office, getting ready to start. And you know how you kind of, OK, we're ready to show the show. So I kind of got to get up and, you know, here we go. I um, kind of feeling that and listening to him count down and then go into his, all right, everyone, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> the way that he always did. And that's really what reminds me of the song.
0: Yeah. I think going back to Brody, even if Brody never used Immigrant Song at all, I still think this song would fit Makabe really well because it's still an aggressive, ferocious song, very in-your-face, high-impact The main guitar riff is unrelenting with its concussive burst. The vocals are, like, processed and inhuman-sounding at times. And the story of the song is on the surface about Vikings coming over on their ships to conquer the western shore. Uh, Hammer of the gods will drive our ships to new land to fight the Horde and sing and cry, Valhalla, I am coming. And that's very much in tune uh, with the spirit of Togi Makabe and his fighting style. No fancy footwork, no faffing about, just lots of punches, lots of lariats, lots of shoulder blocks, middle fingers, fuck yous, ah, ha ah, ah. He's a no-nonsense brute who yells a lot and has hard-hitting offense. So Immigrant Song, it just works for him whether Brody used it or not.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, it, I don't think there's any accident, and trust me, it's not the easiest thing to do from a vocal perspective. But you know, the the, the those heavy, you know, effects synths, you know, replacing Robert Plant's yell right in the song. You know, yeah. it's 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 almost a like a cold version of a very, I'll say, a warm song. Right? Not warm feeling, but like a, like like it has life and breath. Where this is very cold and very um calculating and very um it's, it's almost like a front 242 decided to do a cover right it's just it's stripped down of the human element of the song and it's very you know cold and and mm-hmm. and, and computer-based and you know bits and bytes as opposed to notes and feeling if that makes yeah. any sense
0: it's taking something fiery and organic and like soulful and making it mechanized yeah. and metallic and computerish in a way it's like you know replacing vikings with a viking computer simulation or something like that you know it's it's right. it's, it's very you know uh, very harsh and very uh very 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 dark in a way
1: right you know again you 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 hearken back to like gary newman or again like a front 242 or like early industrial sounds nuts or um
0: ministry yeah or like like,
1: yeah like a harder ministry like like in between their synth pop and what they became you know very um you know loud and abrasive um Mm -hmm. i want to go so far as to say like a nine inch nails but i would go maybe like uh like a not even skinny puppy i think more of like uh well maybe skinny puppy but um like like i just think like front 242 like that's that that's the kind of metallic-y sounding synths for lack of a better term cold mm-hmm. and and exactly like, like what you said that like what was life and breathing is now cold and dark so that's what yeah. i get from this
0: yeah if i'm not mistaken i think Makabe is the only like main New Japan roster guy left who still needs to have this song dubbed over on New Japan World. Because if, if, like you said, if you watch a Makabe match on the service, they will either dub over it with this dub theme, a real bad attitude, or they'll just mute the whole thing entirely. Yeah. And I think Makabe is the last of the holdouts, because uh, it used to be that you couldn't hear Liger's theme, or Kojima's theme, or Taguchi's theme, or Nagata's theme. On New Japan World, they would all be dubbed over with you know other songs because um, they they were done by those songs were done by outside artists. Uh, but over time, New Japan got the rights to air those songs, except for Togi Makabe. He's like the last one left. Yeah, um, it's funny though if you listen real closely to Makabe's entrance, you can still kind of hear Immigrant Song underneath the dub theme uh-huh. like like you'll hear the dub theme but underneath they'll hear like faintly in the background so it's kind of it's still there in spirit but you know as far as like being played in full we're out of luck unfortunately
1: it's it's it's, it's also one of the few themes that are on spotify um True. Yeah, it is actually on, on Spotify. The whole entire album that the, that the gentleman produced. So, um, yeah, good song. I, I like it. It's it's a, it's a four-star for me. Um, one of my favorites. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Next up is another Suzuki-gun theme, our third one of the episode. And for those of you who enjoy wearing a nice pair of tearaway pants, rejoice. This theme is for the holy lord of sleaze himself, Dangerous T Taichi who used to be a long time junior but turned heavyweight earlier in the year this is by a band called and I think I got this right here Damon Moa Dismoa, Moa uh, which is French for me 10 months they're a Japanese gothic metal band and this song is off of their 2004 album Nocturnal Opera this is called Pageant (laughs) Thank you. Living up to its title, this song has quite a bit of pageantry to it. Uh, The bells in the opening, the classical organs, the operatic overtones, the choir, the uh, melodramatic vocals. It's dripping with theatricality. And the same can be said for Taichi when he makes his entrance to this song. He himself shows a lot of pageantry. With his entrance, the gold decorated mask and jacket, uh, the mic stand that he quote-unquote sings the song with, Miho Abe and her her fluttery dances with uh, the scarf that she has, it's all very dramatic and over-the-top. So Taichi and Pageant make a nice pairing whenever Taichi comes out for his match.
1: Well... Let me let me give full disclosure here because I know everyone's waiting for me to talk about this particular theme because uh, they know how much of a big fan I am <laughs> of 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 of. Titan. Uh, I will say this: that yes, uh, it's probably not for me, right? Um, the whole Kit and Kaboodle, but um, doing some homework and and I actually looked at some of the lyrics. Right. and they do read uh, a bit like the uh, pesh I did the same <laughs> right? thing right very very um, uh,
0: this isn't a word but pageantric will say that yeah. it's it's very much again dramatic and theatrical and, and pageantry to them for sure
1: yeah and and quite um, gloomy to, if I if I don't say so mm. myself so uh, if, if I if, if I could reach out your hand. And doze in grief in my arms, right? Uh, the hands of the clock uh, tear a silent love apart, right? And then the uh, last one I have is that even if I fall into the darkness of des—oh, excuse me, let me take that back. Even if I fall into the darkness of despair now, blah 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 blah. So again, uh, you know. If the music were better, it could be a joy division song. <laughs> um, hey now, <laughs> you know, uh, hang in there. Um, look, it's uh, it, it, you know, he's not for me. Um, it's it's it, I can understand why people, you know, they they like the theatrics of it and they they get a kick out of it. And, okay, cool. Um, but again, trying to find the the silver lining in the cloud, uh, as I always am, am notorious to do. No, Um, the lyrics are uh, actually the lyrics weren't bad. Uh, The whole song reading the lyrics, I was like, all right, it's not bad. Um, But yeah, the song is is not for me. Not for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: Some other lyrics, by the way, Uh, dreams shine fleetingly with a light called hope, then disappear into despair, heralding the end. The sound of the bells now melts into the gentle breeze. Again, it's very on-the-nose, romantic, poetic, beautiful in its own way. And again, it matches the music quite well. But here's the thing we have to remember about Taiichi. Entrance Taiichi and Match Taiichi are two completely different people. Yeah. Entrance Taiichi is this mysterious, romantic, phantom of the opera, you know, dark soul of the night who just wants to be loved kind of character. Match Taichi is a total scumbag. He's such a blatant slimeball who cheats, and mocks, and maniacally laughs, and does every dirty trick in the book to win a match. Uh, Sometimes he even uses Abe as a shield to block him from his opponents. He's an asshole, and it's that I think it's that schism of personality between the entrance and the match that I think it makes him such a good heel because he pretends to be this ethereal debonair douchebag. He pretends to sing the song when in reality, he's lip-syncing. He's just an actual douchebag, you know? He, but he keeps doing it anyway because it's so obnoxious. Right. So it's, it's quite brilliant, I think, how the song, it doesn't fit Taichi, but at the same time, it totally fits Taichi and it makes his character work so well.
1: I'm not going to lie. That's probably the best description I've ever heard. Of not only his character but like the 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 whole entrance right because he does come across in that entrance as the tortured soul and you know he's got you know uh, admirers fawning over him but he just can't you know he's just you know such a tortured soul that he can't (laughs) he can't manage and then you're right during the match he's he's a fucking asshole uh and he's you know not not below ruining a match and he put that in air quotes for his own gain. So yeah, I mean that's that is a bit of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for a uh two-sided coin maybe that's not a word that's many words. but you know <laughs> what I mean but yeah, that's that's actually maybe one of the most thought out explanations of Taichi's character that I've ever heard. So I applaud you for that. I'm still not a fan, but I applaud, <laughs> you, but I applaud you for at least letting me see that in uh, in a new light. And, and yeah. that is for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, I know on Twitter, our, our colleagues, John Carroll and Joel Abraham, they said that if we didn't put this song over hard enough, they would riot. Wow. Now, I, I know where you stand, so you're going to get some flack here, uh, sir. But let me say this. I will say that, uh, truthfully, this is not my favorite song, but I enjoy it a little bit. I think it, it fits the character of Taiichi really well. And I think, compared to a lot of other songs in the company, it's a very unique song in its own way. So I will give Pageant a lot of credit in the way it presents itself, and the way it fits Taichi and his, his character. And I hope to God that that is enough to satisfy uh, Mr. Carol and Abraham.
1: Well, I hope so too. Let's it. But, uh, also, I'll subscribe to different strokes for different folks. <laughs> uh, right? uh, I went two and a half stars, but, 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 um, I'm gonna give it an extra half a star just for your explanation. Hey, look so, at that. So now we're three stars. We're three stars, those. right? Just because of, uh, the good solid work you did there and making me see a little bit more of the light and opening the door for me. So, uh, Three stars, uh, but that's all you're getting from me. I can't yeah. get, I can't do any more
0: of that. Yeah. Okay, me? okay, fair enough, okay. <laughs> uh, one more thing, actually. Uh, one of my favorite things recently is that since Taichi turned heavyweight, he's been teaming a lot more with Takashi Iizuka, And whenever they come out for a tag match, Taichi's music hits first, and Taichi comes out with the garb and everything, and he gets ready to sing, and... When he lifts the mic up to sing, Iazuka's theme hits, and Taichi just he just stands there like, oh, "What the hell, man? Come on, I'm trying to make some magic here." It uh, it gives me a laugh every time.
1: Uh, yeah, um, again, two guys that. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just saying. It's literally a double dip of, ugh, but yeah, I know. Yeah. All right, well, where where can we go to uh, somebody that I enjoy? How about that uh, Tomohiro Ishi?
0: Let's do that right now. Our next theme is by a duo called Maze, M-A-Y apostrophe S. They are a J-pop R&B duo consisting of a female singer and a male composer and producer. No lyrics here, no singing on this song. Uh, This is for, like you said, the Stone Pitbull, Tomohiro Ishii. His theme song is called Stone Pitbull. watching Wrestle Kingdom 10 and it gets to the point of the show where it's the never title match between the challenger Katsuyori Shibata and the champion Tomohiro Ishii and Shibata comes out with his you know standard music and then Ishii comes out with this new theme at the time and my ears immediately perk up like holy shit this song sounds awesome, I need to listen to this song in full, in some way and eventually I got my hands on NJPW Greatest Music 4 and track number one is Stone Pitbull and let me tell you, I was bobbing my head up and down and punching the air to this badass song with authoritative guitars and groovy bass and a harpsichord and goddamn sitar and when that guitar hook kicked in, that da na na da 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 na na da I was just jumping off the walls like, "Fuck, yes! This song is fucking awesome. Let's go!" Yeah. And I feel the same way about this song that I do with Tomohiro Ishi Hero Ishii." Ishii is the essence of "Fuck yeah, let's go!" in the body of a stout forty-year-old Japanese man. It's I I love this song so much it's my favorite song on the list here and legit maybe my favorite theme in new japan today
1: wow all right big marks i like this um it's one of my favorites too right um and and again i i I, sometimes i feel like i grade higher on wrestlers that i enjoy their their in-ring work you know what i mean like that helps a lot too because i know that that the good stuff is coming right um this is a perfect example of a song where it's the the, the subtle spices, and not so subtle spices, hmm. uh, and the added flavors to it that, that are added to a song that really make the song. One, obviously, is the opening dog barks, right? <laughs> right, right out of the gate. And air siren. That's the second one I have. Which normally,
0: I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of sirens in theme songs, but for some reason, the way this one sounds, I dig it a lot.
1: I love the siren. Now, again, we're talking sirens. So, uh, the first thing I'm thinking of, and again, to, to almost we're going uh, full circle, big time callback spot here on this <laughs> show is a, a, a kiss song called Firehouse that mm-hmm. I love. It's one of my favorite ones, right? And again, that has those sirens. And when I hear those sirens, I think of that song and I think of that. So, it's weird, and and all this happens in seconds. You know, it's literally just like pop, 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 up. Your brain just kind of takes you all these different places, um, or at least mine does. Um, so yes, those two notes, the dog barking, obviously great. Those siren, it's the siren that really makes the song for me. Um, you
0: you say firehouse, I say war pigs. Right, by Black Sabbath.
1: Okay, there you go. I, I, that's I, that's I my go to there. Yeah, I'm down. Absolutely, right. And again, it's those the and and I there's one more. Let's do songs that just have sirens in it. <laughs> <laughs> um uh how about uh Frankie Goes to Hollywood Two Tribes? Yes. Right? Right. That beginning of, you know, it's kind of like you hear the news feed and yep. the air horns going off. And then the boom, 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 yep. And then Frankie. Ow, ow, yeah, ow. Hey, right? I mean, <laughs> when two the, tribes go to. Yeah, yeah. Great. Right. And it's, song, and yeah. again, Frankie goes to Hollywood. It was more style over substance. But those, you know, those songs, man, those things were just at the time were just like, fuck, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, Let's do more coke. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like. It's, it's that kind of feeling and it's so in that moment so yeah the siren does that for me um so yeah and, and again aside from the fact that you know it feels like this is a this is a big boy theme right mm-hmm. this is, a, this is a, a tough guy theme
0: yeah
1: um and the, and the bass and the driving bass and uh yeah it's a song for a badass and then and, and it gets you in that frame of mind and it's you know it, you know it's not every day you're going to put on poison right it's not every day you're going to put on war pigs it's not every day you're going to put on you know frankie goes to hollywood but you know when it hits you're like shit here we go and and this is another example of that
0: yeah i mentioned the, the dynamism with kushida this theme is so dynamic there are so many different bits and bobs that compose this song of course the air siren at the start um the dogs which if you listen closely they're not just in the intro. They're mixed into the song as, like, percussion bits. Mm. Like, boom. Bah, ooh, rah, ooh, rah. It, it, listen closely. They're in there. Um, of course, the shredding hard rock guitars and the percussion, uh, that that just that groovy bass. And again, the harpsichord and the sitar. Which, bravo to Maze for making those two instruments they, they, they don't normally sound badass, but in this song, they are so just, you know, badass and, and somehow not out of place. Yeah. You know, all, all these different pieces of the puzzle, they might think, oh, how can how can this all work together? I don't know. But with this song, it works. It all blends and flows together nicely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say that the song makes the man um but it really enhances the ishii experience doesn't it (laughs) right it just it just does and and again a lot of the a lot of the the magic of pro wrestling is that entrance and the anticipation of the match and and having the person come through the curtain i mean i've been on plenty of indie shows where it's like no man i gotta wait for this certain part of the song before i go through the curtain (laughs) right right i can't tell you how many times um so it's an important element. It's the, it's the theatrics of it, uh, and and the character, and 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 what they the, the message they want to convey before they even hit the ring. And I think this complements it so well. So uh, for me, this is this is a four and a half. This is a four and a halfer. Mm. Um, it's up there, and uh, yeah, only good things come from this one.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I think this song it adds to what I call the enigma of Tomohiro Ishii, because, you know, Ishii's a badass man, so him having a badass song makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, it's a bit odd that Ishii, of all people, has a theme song with a harpsichord and a sitar in it, you know? (laughs) He's not that kind of guy. he's, he's, He's a blunt object. He is a meat and potatoes man, except instead of meat and potatoes, it's fists and forearms. Yeah. You know? Not a lot of sizzle to this steak. Yeah. But... For some reason, this song still works for him, despite all the odds. And that's true for him in general. He's not an outwardly expressive kind of guy. He's not slapping hands, or smiling, or cutting babyface promos. And yet, he still garners just tons of fan support and sympathy. It's amazing how he has a theme song that is just, just so colorful and expressive and passionate which personality-wise is the tonal opposite of Ishii but again it still works for him and it, it makes me again more of a fan of Ishii in some ways
1: yeah i mean again and i think a good song can do that right a good a a good song could could take a a a wrestler that you like into somebody that you really like um and and probably give you an extra quarter star you know if you're looking at the in-ring work right um you know uh i mean modern day wwe you know you could look like a, like a bobby rude like the best thing that happens to bobby rude is when the you know, glorious hits you know and then when it ends <laughs> that's really the yeah. beginning and the end of it right <laughs> yeah um so you know it's 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 the song is fitting for him it's perfect for him and again it always gets you hyped up to see so um yeah i'm, I'm four and a half on this one
0: yeah speaking of the enigma of ishii did you know that he was in a music video for Maze?
1: Uh, uh-uh. uh no, I did not know.
0: Go on YouTube and look up a song by Maze called "Loving." Okay. And in the video, I can't believe it. Ishi has a love interest. Like there, there is a woman who is just fawning over Ishi. That was on a woman. Me...
1: That was that was that was Yoshihashi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh god! But. Yeah, she is, like, looking at at him with, like, lovey-dovey eyes. Wow. And Ishii, of course, is ignoring her, because he's Ishii. Sure. So he walks away from her, and she's following him for the rest of the video. And we see Ishii walking down the street, and she's you know, tagging along behind him. We see Ishii jogging on the beach in his tracksuit, and she's jogging behind him. At the end of the video, she eventually catches up to him, and she puts her arms around him. He looks at her, and I tell you, Damon... The walls come tumbling down. Wow. And we see Tomahiro Ishii just fall in love with this gal, and he picks her up in his arms and he twirls her around. And it's nuts because A, it's Ishii, and B, you know, it, this sweet, lovey, romantic, you know, pop song is being done by the same band who did this badass theme song. Wow. So you know, I, I don't know if Mays are a fan of Ishii's, if Ishii's a fan of them. It's a mutual fandom. I don't know, but it's quite amazing to see Ishii in a music video for this band. Right.
1: I thought you were going to say that he turned around and headbutted her right in the mouth.
0: (laughs) That was an outtake. That was an outtake.
1: Okay. All right. Well,
0: Cut, cut. God damn it, Tom. God damn it.
1: (laughs) Oh, my mouth. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, terrible. All right. Oh, all right. Uh, all right. Well, listen, we saved the best for last from what I understand here, according to my list, sir.
0: According to you, yes, yes. The last theme on our list here is for none other than the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger, an icon loved by pretty much everybody, respected by pretty much everybody, and, and certainly one of the most influential wrestlers of all time. His theme song, which he's had for geez, almost 30 years now, was originally used as the theme for the Jushin Liger anime that inspired the gimmick. This is by Yumi Hiroki, and it's called Ikari no Jushin. 走れ I'll be a So, we've talked about a lot of different facets to these themes on this episode, but the one facet that we haven't really touched upon yet is longevity. Most of the themes on this list have only been used by the wrestlers for, you know, a couple of years at least. Jay White's been the most recent one, about 10 months or so, really. But on the other end of that spectrum is this song. Because Jushin Liger has been using this theme for almost 30 years at this point. 30 years! There are not that many themes out there that you can look at as being used continuously for 30 years. That's for sure. And it's quite remarkable, really, how even after 30 years of hearing this song be used over and over and over and over again it still puts a smile on my face whenever I listen to it. It, it. it puts me in a good mood and it gets me just feeling happy. And I know I'm not alone here. I know that wherever Liger is wrestling, no matter where he is, New Japan, ROH, Rev Pro, PWG, AAW, wherever, when this song hits, when that when that keyboard melody hits, that ba na ba 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 the crowd erupts, they get on their feet, they clap along, smiles on their faces, good spirits all around. And that says so much to me about the longevity of this theme, longevity of Liger, and, and just how beloved he is, and how respected he is by wrestling fans all over the world. The, the song is—it still gets a nice, big reaction whenever he comes out.
1: I hate this song. <laughs> no, of course. Swerve. No. Um, no, I mean it's one of my favorites because, again, it is iconic and it is—it's—it uh, stood the test of time. And and truth be told, you know, when it when you first heard it, I'm sure it didn't instantly hit you as you know a classic or iconic at least not for me right i just kind of in fact i'll be very truthful very first time i heard it um i kind of thought it was a little cheesy to be truthful right um it didn't really connect with me as as much as it does now so it's it's kind of like I don't know when you when you're a kid and you're like, oh yeah, the Beatles are alright, but you know, but then as you get older and you get to appreciate more of, holy shit, the Beatles were only around for seven years. <laughs> you know that their entire body of work was in seven years, and literally every song is almost great, right? um not everyone but (laughs) i mean but but, okay not everyone but but uh, you you could go like i'm making a a playlist now Beatles songs and like you're just going through and you're just like oh my god i mean you know you you, i I had to stop because it was like you know there's so many um and that's kind of like what i feel like with this it's it's part nostalgia right it's part um comforting in in knowing that it's there right Mm -hmm. um and it'll be a sad day when you don't hear it anymore um but you'll always have the song, mind you. Um, It's one of my favorite themes, you know, and it is for exactly the reasons that you say, you know, it's, it is evokes great memories. And, and, you know, the beginning of my new Japan fandom, you know, was watching him take this, this gimmick that truth be told in the beginning was, was pretty awkward, right? You know, go back and watch that dome where he debuts. It's not, he doesn't look comfortable at all in this, in this getup. Um, And, but again, once again, we talked about Jay Waite making the gimmick his own. And, you know, he, he found a way to make it his own and, and become iconic. And, and the song came along with it. Um, Favorite parts of the song. Uh, For me, it's, it is that opening descending, you know, that, that sets the tone. But then the two, the two things that I just love. And again, to me, it's somewhat cheesy but it's just so great, cheesy. It's the the liger sword. Me too. Right, really? I love that part. I love the part right. so much. Liger slash. Right. Yes. right. <laughs> great. I, and I just I, there's just something about that to me that is just so magical and so uh, uh, you know just puts a smile. And if i smiling right now, just doing it. So um, yeah, for me that those that's the highlight. The, the 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 opening, you know, descending and then those two lines always put a smile on my face.
0: Yeah, I mean, as far as the song itself goes, it, it it is very much an anime song, very much of the time period, late '80s, bright and shiny, a lot of keyboards, a lot of heroic guitars, uh, the the poppy, inspiring, triumphant female vocals, and the lyrics, which I found translation of um on the Lionmarks dot com, uh, they are also quite anime ish, uh, very epic and heavily dramatic and colorful. Uh, burn, burn, burn your rage. Run, run, run to tomorrow. The fire of anger burns through the heavens. Stand up from the ashes, Liger. Even the miracle bio-armor feels the pain of fighting. There's nothing to be afraid of until you defeat Jiashin, villain. Liger, sword! Sacred sword which slashes the sky. Liger, slash! Crash of the lightning bolt. The cardinal red fire. Liger, Liger, Liger! Bum, bum, bum. No Jushin Liger, Clearly, it's referring to the anime version of Jushin Liger, not the wrestler. But even so, the whole point of Jushin Thunder Liger is that he is the anime character come to life. So it makes total sense why he would still use the anime song. Plus, you could still make it work for wrestling because it's about fighting and overcoming pain and adversity and taking down the villain. So it, it works both ways in that sense, uh, Damon.
1: Yeah. Yep. I. I if you want to hear a fun fact? Uh, I have never watched any of the anime. Me neither. I've never watched one episode of it. Right? Uh, I probably saw clips of it. Um, but I never really watched it. I watched Tiger Mask, a couple of them. Um, but no, I never watched the the Jushin Liger. Mm. Um, one of the biggest regrets is they had like a, a Jushin Liger. Um. Well, they had two things that I regret not buying over in Japan, but that's one of them. Like they had like an original model, like a like a like a um, you know like a like a model. I don't know what else I'm looking for a model um, of it. Like you built it. It was it still in the box. Um, I wish I would have bought that, um, but I didn't. But yeah, it's it's comic booky. It's anime. It's um, it that stuff never really resonated with me. That stuff's really not going to connect with me so much, but. Yeah, I mean, I was a fan of Yamada, you know, watching him as as the young lion and you know matches with Owen Hart and you know him being involved in in a lot of those multi man tags, at, you know, with Anoki and Nobuhiko Takata when when he was a junior and and then again taking this gimmick and making it his own. So mm-hmm. yeah, only only good memories come with this. It's, you know, it's like you know since 1990, right? Yeah, uh, 89, 90 was it you know, when he did, debuted? So. Uh, many years of hearing this uh, classic tune yeah. and it always brings a smile.
0: Many years and many different kind of little variations of Liger himself. Of course, there was you know, the early years. There was the classic red, white, and blue era. There was you know the, the post uh, brain surgery era, you could say, where he got more technical ish. Uh, yeah. There was there was black CTU Liger even when he was heel, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know nowadays you'll know, become classic traditional Liger. But yeah, throughout all those years from the beginning where he's more high flyy and shooting star press and all that stuff to now becoming the veteran and the legend. He's had this song and it's really incredible how he's managed to keep it and make it work and, and stay Liger after all these years.
1: Yeah. Iconic. Um, Yeah. I mean, the, the, the brain started him breaking his ankle was, was a big deal too. Um, I mean, that match was him. And I want to say it was like him and Muda against, um, like rick steiner and chris benoit and um he it's again we talk about injuries in wrestling and all and how dangerous moves and stuff i mean he was he was crisscrossing on the ropes and his foot just got caught in the mat and it just turned and it it got fucked um it was pretty nasty he's like one of those uh football injuries that you would say um and that put him on the shelf for a while so yeah he's been able to adjust his style but yeah the song itself again remains the same remains iconic um look i don't think there's any doubt it's a five star for me and 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 how can you not right how can you i don't i don't think there's anyone listening to this at this point two hours in saying fuck that song (laughs) you know you know i mean like everybody's in on this song everybody's everybody's positive on this one i'm sure
0: i mentioned on the last episode that i went to the war of the worlds show in lowell a few months ago and liger was on the show he wrestled the briscoes in a tag match And, you know, it wasn't the best wrestling show I've ever been to, but I'm still glad I went. Because I got to see Liger wrestle live in front of me. And I got to hear this song being played live for the first time ever in my life. Because Liger, he is a legend, and this is one of the most iconic theme songs. And, you know, bar me hopping on a jumbo jet and flying to Japan, there aren't that many opportunities for a guy like me living in the suburbs of Boston to experience Jushin Thunder Liger in front of my own eyes. And I recommend to anybody listening to this that if you have the chance to see Liger live at an ROH show, at a New Japan USA show, at an indie show, whatever, do it. One of my biggest regrets in my life is not seeing the band Rush live in concert before they called it quits. I I kick myself to this very day that I never got to see them perform at a concert. But... Mm. I, I've been lucky to be able to say that I saw Sabbath before they you know, ended as a band. I've been lucky to say I saw McCartney. And I've been fortunate to say that I've seen Liger Russell live. So if you have the chance, do it. he will thank me later for sure.
1: Yep, no doubt. I- again, I'm a big fan of No Regrets. So yeah, if he's in your area...